50, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. One of our favorite brand new to you guests is Robert Pilot. Native Roots Radio, I Am Awake, is airing right here on AM 950. It airs in the 5 o'clock hour. It is an absolutely spectacular show. You, If you don't know about Native American issues, you will know about Native American issues by listening to that show. I highly encourage it. Uh, Robert, of course, also a massive Twins fan. We'll get to there eventually, but he's kind enough today to join us about Native American issues over the next hour. Hey, Robert. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt, for having me on. My absolute pleasure, man. Thank you very much for the time. As always, I I, I want to start off with the the one of the things which is good. I I'm I'm glad you have talked on your show a lot about the expansion of of the arts in the Native American community and into the the rest of America and the the appreciation for the arts. You've talked about TV. I know you've had a lot of guests on from TV shows and and movies and stuff like that. I want to point out not only is have I seen multiple museums mm-hmm. really expand out their exceptional Native American art collections, which is great, but as well we had in Minneapolis here this great play for the people a unapologetic, beautifully done Native American piece. Wes Studi! Wes Studi was there! It was amazing! And it was just a wonderfully done piece. I think we are seeing a bit of a renaissance here in regards to Native American arts, and it's it's basically expansion across America as a whole. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I, I really think that it all has to do with Standing Rock. And, you know, remember Standing Rock, uh, mm-hmm. all these things happen in a positive way. People, Native Americans were put on uh, the spotlight again in a good way, in a progressive way about clean water and all those things. And if you remember, Matt, my show started because of Standing mm-hmm. Rock also. Mm-hmm. And and. and- you you it did and it it brought the attention that came there not just to the native american communities which once again if i can say as the white guy uh yeah that it was a, a complete lack of coverage in news over the decades of native american issues and you guys basically said no not this time this issue is going to get covered and it did and i think it brought an awareness of the the continued mistreatment of the native american populations and I think you're right. I mean, it, as horrible as that was, and it didn't have the ending we wanted to have, it still ended up it, – it brought a lot of awareness, and a lot of things have been changing ever since that time. It, at least it seems from my perspective, which once again is a bit muted and, and, and not, not as, 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 you know, as, as valuable as your, your uh, perception on it. Well, and I I agree with you, Matt. I mean, during that period of time, not only as art, and I consider movies and television show art too. Um, you know, we had the movie Prey come out, the prequel, yes. uh, and that was in a Native American uh, experience prior to colonization <laughs> with uh, with that uh, animal. And then we also had Rutherford Falls, who the lieutenant governor here in Minnesota uh, believes that it was based on her because uh, if you remember, her husband worked for MPR so it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of funny and she was upset when that was canceled and uh, reservation dogs of course a big award winning TV show and as a matter of fact uh, uh, I think it was uh, TV guide made uh, one of the episodes from uh, tw- reservation dogs the best episode of the year on television mm-hmm. so I mean things like that and I and I think too Matt it we're we're blessed to be 
uh, in the Twin Cities where we have a thriving urban community, but that isn't the case all over the country. And uh, um, we're, we're blessed to to recognize that uh, natives are still here. But I think the mass masses in the United States believe that we're still dinosaurs and they haven't been taught things in, yeah. in school and history. And so the Renaissance is happening, as you said, but it's also uh, – Things that we have been doing and we've still been here and we've been plugging away, whether it's our beadwork, paintings. Uh, you don't have to be a Native American to paint a painting. You don't have to throw a teepee in there or a chipotle or an eagle or a wolf. Uh, we're, we're human beings and we're artists and have different facets to us too. But big renaissance, as you were saying. Uh, Amber Midthunder, and uh, if, uh, by the way, is the best action film of the year, hands down, was Prey. Now, they needed to do a little work on the CGI bear. Let's be honest about it. <laughs> but that being said, the fight scenes with her and her brother and the Predator, holy God, that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And then, of course, the end of that film. You know, and in everyone, I mean, everyone I know that's watched that film is like, holy God, this is the best Predator since the original. And, it's, and it, was, it was the perfect setup. I loved how they did it. And also, I'll bring up, if I, if I may, uh, the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and Lily yeah. Gladstone, who had just, I don't know if you saw her, her cover, the, the, the story they did on her in Variety. And, and, and you know, I, it is just, it is wonderful to see because I think, and, and to a point, it's, it's something we've seen in the last few decades, is this realization that you know, we. You know, if you have a Native American part, why the hell don't you have a Native American actor in it? And I mean, it's 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 a no duh sort of thing for us today. But it just it took for a long time for us to realize. You know, it it you know it had to change. And as you brought up about paintings and stuff like this, it doesn't have to. I mean, a painter is a painter. Uh, some of the, the the Southwest landscapes I've seen by some of the Native American artists are just spectacular. And it's not necessarily the image itself is not Native American. It's just a gorgeous landscape. And, right. and it's just sometimes it, it's it's shocking how long it takes for us to come to the realization of the, the, the cultural and creative and artistic element that's lying within our own country and we just have not been able to see. Well, and also there's a movie called uh, Fry Bread Face and Me on Netflix that just came out. And what a heartwarming, realistic story about uh, natives in the res and urban Indians and uh, taking place in, I believe, like the early 80s. Uh, it was a uh, most watched uh, Netflix new show uh, one week, uh, two weeks ago. And so there's natives telling their story, um, whether it's their history a few years ago when they were younger or what they grew up. But we're telling our own stories. So that's uh, what's different. If you remember the other Renaissance in the 90s, too, we had a kind of a, a big uh, Renaissance. But it wasn't uh, covered other than Smoke Signals. The movie was not written by Native Americans. They were stories like Dancing with Kevin Costner was uh, a big movie. But the Natives kind of chuckle because, you know, we have our white savior show up and save us, even though we've been in this country for over 10,000 years. And this is why I, I think it's so important as a as a white person who it's become shocking how little we I realized I have been educated on the Native American history in this country. Why I think it's it's a no brainer that we have at at least national parks, you know, Native American historians, Native American interpreters, Native American guides that can tell you about the thousands and thousands of years of history of the native americans which is amazing is is fascinating and it is such an integral part of the land 
I, I think that we it, it, it's good to see this in the arts. It now has to become mainstream. And I know in Minnesota they've, they've started making some inroads into more inclusive texts and, and subject matter within schools. But, I mean, we still have a long way to go, and, and yeah. Minnesota is an outlier when it comes to this thing. Let's just be honest about it. I agree. And I was at the museum, you know, I live in New York too, and I was at the Museum of Modern Arts. And uh, if you've ever been there, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Each floor has uh, representation from the 1800s of artists, uh, uh, American artists, and all the way, and they go each floor uh, every 50 years or so or 100 years. No native artists. No native artists in that museum, and I was really perplexed by that. And I know they throw crumbs out there every once in a while and have a, a showing of a native artist. And, you know, it's like a land acknowledgement, Matt. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, the, so that was disappointing. But again, wow, you know, there's so many <laughs> reasons to be grateful that we live in Minnesota. Well, someone needs to show him a Morrison, for God's sakes. I mean, that, that man, that, that brilliant, brilliant beyond brilliant, his artwork. Um, uh, it just, yeah, it's, it is, it, like I said, we're doing, making inroads. We still have a long ways to go. I, I brought up public lands, um, Native Americans managing public lands. This seems like only, almost, once again, a no, another no brainer. Of course, it did come with a lot of people saying we shouldn't do this. Um, to your thoughts on this, because I mean, obviously the people who are most familiar with the lands over the thousands of years, even though it's in a lot of cases, it's changed dramatically. Um, I, I think having them as part of the management of these these public lands is a win across the board for all of us. Wow! Yeah, uh, I, I, that, that's a that's a tough one because I think I think uh, we we need to take care of our lands too that we still have and. Uh, um, but I, I think we should reach out to the natives because, you know, we, we brought these things from controlled burning to, you know, the four sisters with corn and, um, and, you know, like other, uh, nationalities and people across the world, we, we, you know, I, we're really close to the Hmong people when it comes to like, uh, uh, you know, our elders, our, cl- our clans, um, praying over food that we've killed and thanking the creator, uh, those things. So I, I think having native input in a real way, uh, like we do with the flag, we have the, the new Minnesota state flag, we have uh, Kate Bean, Professor Bean on there, and she's a go-getter. She's the one that helped with Bidet Makaska name change um, to to take care of that. So it's uh it's 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 something that you know we need to be a part and have a chair at the table well and i and i said you know and i've said this before in in regards to like water and the water issues here um you don't I, and I, for the white community you don't in 50 years need to put up the monument to the native americans who are trying to stop the eventual polluting of the waters and say, hey, they were right 50 years ago. We should have listened to them. Just listen to them now. We can forego the whole mem- memorial thing you know, in 50 years, and we just keep the water clean if we just listen yeah. to the Native American voices on this issue because it's there. And it just – I don't know. In, in one side, I mean I have to tell you there is a level of embarrassment as a, a – a, what I would like to consider myself a slightly enlightened white person in this country and realizing the, the position – that that 
I play in this world, and when I see someone lose their mind because we've listed an, an, a tradition, an, an area as the traditional native name, and they lose yeah. it. I mean, it's just it, it. You know, on one side of it, I think that there's a lot of people that say, "Okay, it's times to change," but it is just disturbing to see people saying, "No, white people got to name this. We're going to always have it this way." And I just it. I, I could hope for change on this, and I can hope for better management and and the people to realize the insight is there that we need to embrace to make sure that we you know as as our resources dwindle uh, and and that's an undeniable thing as climate change starts to take its grasp and and really start to damage the earth on a large scale, you know turning to the Native Americans who 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 seem to be at least you know they care about the land not about the profits the land could deliver i think that that is it's kind of one of those things where it is it's hard to see the the pushback on this but my god it's 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 like like i said it's almost like a no brainer it it just seems like it's the right connection you know i i know we want to talk about native american stuff but it just brings me uh back to the election coming up less than a year matt yeah. and you do such a great job talking about it on your show and and it's funny because your show is on before mine, so I get a chance to listen to your show before, as I'm prepping and uh, really appreciate you as an ally of Native Americans. But also, we have to tell our, our relatives and remind our relatives that this is not a one-issue election coming up. No. Because when, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, wow, you know, we can, we can work with the Democrats. We can, we can push them. Um, once we get them in there, if we want a more progressive per se, like Native Americans, I believe, are, mm-hmm. and are, are the modern natives are definitely progressive, and uh, uh, but we can't get mad at uh, what Biden isn't doing in the border or what uh, what's happening in uh, Gaza, which is just disheartening, and it really, um, you know, for Native Americans that hit, that hits home what Israel's doing to Gaza. I mean. That's what's happened to us here in the United States. I, I, I can show you some pictures from the 1860s at Fort Snelling that you know look eerily familiar of modern day images. Let's just put it that way. And yeah, it's it's it, it's it's hard because yeah, I I don't want to say you can't be upset. And 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 Robert, if I can, for you, one of the things that I know walls. You yeah. know, he he failed. He failed me. He failed you. Failed the Native Americans with line three. I mean, that was that was inexcusable, and that should not have happened. Mm-hmm. At the same time, when you look and and you can and everyone should vocalize their disappointment and let him know this. But at the same time, Jensen, when he was running, that was not an alternate. That is that was that was insanity. And we are right. looking at this next election. Joe Biden, there are multiple things. I think there are some things that he has done, particularly with the, the Native American community, which has been good. I think there have been some things that he's done that has been bad. And and vocalize that and say that and contact him. I mean, he he at least as a president seems to be willing to hear his detractors question him. But at the same time, when it comes to 2024, there really isn't a question here. You've seen what's on the other side of the aisle. This, you know, as, as disappointment goes, you, you, it would be suicide to, to, to even think that Trump, you know, should get anywhere near the White House again. Well, we got to remind everyone, especially as Native Americans, what he did the second day in office, meaning Trump. He uh, signed over Dakota Access pipe, Pipeline and said, drill, baby, drill, you know, and he's saying that again. Um, 
And listen to what he's saying. You know, the first day he's going to take care of all the naysayers and and kick uh, our Jewish relatives out, kick everybody out, our Somali and uh, relatives out of this. What is it? Where does that leave the Native Americans? Uh, You know, he hates us because uh, of the whole casino debacle he had in the 80s. I mean, if you look at his racist stuff back then, talking about how these natives don't even look native, they all look white and in front of Congress, um, he's not going to lie. And, uh, you know, it's not the the greater two evils. We've had a lot of victories with uh, with uh, Biden, with Walls, too. And I have to remember that. And it's funny, Wendy is always reminding me of that because I want to go one, one issue. But we have to uh, play along in a sense of, um, all right, we didn't win this one, but how about this next one? And that is politics. The... And and you you said it really well here. I mean, it's he's already talked about drilling everywhere. He's already talked about no one's rights matter anymore. We should look at we should look at these mines that they're trying to build up in the the, the Arrowhead region and realize that although there will still be some court cases that will try to stop it, he he will hand over. And that's not that's not even a domestic company. That's Antofagasta. That's the Chilean mining company. He'll hand over large swaths of northern Minnesota to be ripped to shreds. Not because of any other reason outside of he just he doesn't care. And, you know, in we should not I don't like the Republicans mentality of never ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. That has always been a just a, a nightmare scenario and it does not do us as a country any good. But the reality is that that's because they know their their time the, the the clock is ticking that their their majority because of the baby boomers and stuff have been passing away tragically passing away and generation z is coming in and they are yeah. strongly democrat that yeah. they, they they don't mind doing it because this is they feel like this is the last grasp at that brass ring so i, I i'm i'm terrified at, if he got into office as you said line three i mean can you imagine what he would turn you know what parts of this state he would turn over to large corporations to rip to shreds and say there's nothing you can do about it right i mean that that's the that's the whole thing matt i, I agree 100 percent. and i, I got to sneeze so i'm going to hit the sneeze button, okay. sneeze, <laughs> sneeze button do not okay. cut this from no, the no. interview here do not cut this. <laughs> <laughs> no um or, or i might have to oh here comes okay there you go ladies and gentlemen this sneeze Brought to you by Rudy Luther Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, for, thanks for the cover. But yeah, it, it's it, it's it's not going to be pretty, and we have to uh, remind everyone the way it was. And uh, you know, I just want to say this one thing about Republicans too. And then the border, for instance, what what's holding up the support uh, f- to uh, Ukraine is that. They need this bad stuff going down on the border. The, uh, the Republicans have to complain, and everything that they're doing right now, whether it's his son or whether it's the border or Ukraine, um, Israel, whatever the Republicans are doing, it's all about getting rid of Biden. Now, remember that, everybody out there that's listening. So that's, uh, you know, we always say this is the most important election and people are getting engaged, but this is so important for uh, democracy and and again we can't push our politicians more more left and more progressive if they're not in office. Well, and it also should be mentioned not only they, do they have to scare you into voting for you. Their entire narrative when they're in office is 
anytime they do anything bad. And let's face it, the Republicans, they've been in charge of the House. They are an absolute train wreck of a management team. They are horrible. What's their whole argument? Well, it'd be better than the Democrats. No, you wouldn't. But that's all they can say. That's the only thing they can say. And their brainwashed voters, their their constituents, that's that's good enough for them. And I, and I think that that's where this whole thing fails. I mean, one side is trying to make things better. It might not be perfect, and they might fail at times, undeniably. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, you can see the benefits that they're putting out there, the emphasis they're putting out there. And if you sit this election out because of one issue, because the person you agree with, say, 85 to 90 percent of the time didn't agree with you 100 percent of the time, well, then you're ensuring someone that you agree with me 3 percent of the time or 4 percent of the time gains power. And I think we learned our lesson in 2016. I I would hope we had, for God's sakes. Well, and remember, too, and I was going to say this before uh, the sneezing attack was that (laughs) Gen Z does not take polls. So these polls are ridiculous. In, in many ways. And, um, you know, thank goodness uh, for your show, for AM 950 and all the progressive radio stations across the country, because, you know, the other side says all these outrageous things that we know are not true, but they say them enough. They're, they're, they're Kool-Aid drinkers follow right along with them. And, uh, but I feel like we really are doing a good job here. Uh, you're doing a great job uh, you, keeping uh, keeping people straight on what's happening. I mean, you were talking a few days ago about that ridiculousness about uh, our artists, our um, musician relatives that are getting ripped off uh, in a venue here in the Twin Cities. And it goes on and on. And, I, and I, I'm going to go right back to what we originally were talking about is find out who you're buying your art from, yeah. no matter what it is. Because there's uh, China makes makes beaded things and they're perfect. Native Americans make beaded things and they put imperfections in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you know where it came from. Ask who made those earrings. Ask who made that medallion. Ask who made that painting, and and support our native and all artists for that matter. I have on my Christmas tree a. An ornament from uh, uh, some Native Americans in, and, uh, in Arizona it is made of clay. It is imperfect, but it is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And you make a great point. You want to make sure the money goes to the people that are that deserve it. Make sure you know where it's coming from. And if it, you can't yeah. determine where it's from, then you know go find go find that information before you make that purchase. Let's take a break. When yeah. we when we come on back, we got a lot of things to get to. I'm going to give you ten full minutes on the twin. 10 full minutes for Robert Pilot to talk Twins baseball. Uh, and we might have to make you a regular guest through the summer uh, on Twins baseball. I'll get to that here in a little bit. Robert Pilot joining us for a brand new to you show. It is the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Brand new to you show, Robert Pilot. Exceptional. I mean, I'm lucky to be the lead-in for his show, Native Roots Radio. I'm awake, 5 o'clock hour here. And, and Robert, if I may, one thing I want to just say to the white people. Hi, white people. Um, just if you want to become a better steward of Native American issues, just ask what the Native American community wants you to do. 
because it's the, they're the ones that have been living this. They they know where the, the 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 problems are. They know where where the things need to be fixed. They they're trying to save all of us. When like the stuff with water, they're not just trying to save Native Americans with water. It's everyone with water. Just stop, listen to what they're saying, and ask what you can do to help their cause. That's what you need to do. Because and if we all do that, and we all listen to Native Roots Radio, I'm awake. We're going to be a lot better of a country and a lot better of a people. So uh, that's my little, you know, tie tribe there because I I, I think that I'm, I'm getting real tired of of white people, whether it's women's rights, whether it's African American rights, whether it's Hmong rights, whether it's Hispanic rights or Native American rights. I'm getting really tired of 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 them basically trying to force their will on other people. So. You know, stop it and just ask what you what they need you to do. And that's, I think, the important thing. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that goes. We talk about powwows. Everyone's invited to powwows. Uh, Ask to take a picture. Don't just take pictures. Things like that. Um, So listen to our show and and join us. Be an ally um, and be be an ally and a supporter, because, you know, we're only like three percent of the state. Um, a little more in other places, but uh, we we do have big voices. We have a lieutenant governor here in Minnesota who's Native American. We have uh, uh, three legislators and one state senator here uh, mm-hmm. that are Native American, and they've gotten a lot done. And um, and I think just being there for them to be at the Capitol uh, puts people on notice. Whether it's uh, you know, people that are maybe lazy and don't want to deal with Native issues or people that really don't know about Native issues or people that don't care about Native issues. So it's great that they're at the table, and it's great to, to have this show. Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to encourage people. Powwows are amazing. They are so cool. You, If you've not gone to one, go to one. Try the fry bread. It's delicious. But go, go to them, and uh, they are just a lot of fun. So if you've never gone to one, make that something you do in 2024. Put that on your, your agenda for 2024. The, the, one of the things that I thought – the play, we mentioned the play For the People. And one of the, 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 the points – a bit of point of conflict within that play for the Native American characters was – the, the Native Americans that came from reservations versus the Native Americans that came from the city. Minneapolis has a large, vibrant Native American community, yet it's still a lot of times Mayor Fry, the city council, seem to overlook that part of the, the community and not necessarily address the needs of that community. Can you talk a little bit about your impressions on the status of, of Native Americans in the urban Minneapolis environment? It's a pretty funny question, and uh, they joked about that a lot. And I think uh, well, what's an interesting thing before I get going on my opinion here is the urban Indian uh, in, in Minnesota and I think in the United States, I heard uh, 70% of Native Americans live in urban settings. So in other words, 30% live in reservations. Um, I thought my mind would be the other way around, but – uh, it's not, and I know we have a lot of transient uh, natives that we, excuse me, go back and forth from the Dakotas, or forth or for us, uh, Ho Chunk, Nebraska, and uh, Black River Falls or Wisconsin. Um, but I, I really, one of the things that that play reminded me of too, 
that there is many vibrant communities, not just Franklin Avenue, but we have the west side of St. Paul. It's a big Native American uh, and indigenous community. Uh, I know the east side of St. Paul, uh, where I used to teach, has a huge Native uh, indigenous community, North St. Paul, and that's just uh, in St. Paul and in Minneapolis. So we we commingle with other tribes uh there's we don't want to be pan indians either meaning you know not everybody wears a headband and not everyone uh believes in the things same things or has the same language for that for that matter and so there's there's a little pushback uh, who's more indian and not but i think that's just a a colonized way of thinking and uh and uh our young ones don't think that way uh, they're very open to everyone and uh you know i think with boarding schools and trying to erase us has yeah. really uh, put us back a couple generations but it's been picking up uh, in a good way do you feel as if uh, melvin carter is doing a better job in st paul addressing the needs of the Native American community? Uh, or do you think there's, you know, just you know, a failure at times with some of the issues that are important to Native Americans within the Twin Cities metros? You know, that's funny that you say. I think uh, I'm still kind of up in the air about Melvin. I know he went to the same high school as I did and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But no, um, and his father, I remember his father was a, a outstanding police officer and and those were the days where you could differ, really differentiate the St. Paul police from the Minneapolis police. And I don't know if you, rem- or if you're old enough to remember that, Matt, but there was a big difference. Oh yeah, uh, St. Paul police would uh, help you out, and Minneapolis police at one time were talked more like the L.A. Police Department in the '80s and '90s. Well, I always remember St. Paul cops always used to have those big bushy mustaches. I don't know why. It's like you could. It's like they had like this mustache, like it was a nineteen seventies baseball player. And they, so you know, they but they were always were they 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 seemed to be there was a light year difference between St. Paul cops and Minneapolis cops. And, and yeah, I mean, uh-huh. and I can only imagine considering I'm not in you know a member of 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 the groups that they were that the Minneapolis police were targeting. Right. Well, I got pulled over many times um, for different reasons over my um, over my lifetime here in St. Paul, too. Um, and but that that had to do with probably I was young at one point um, and us young kids needed to be pulled over by the police. And then but I haven't had a quote unquote problem, but um I don't think good things happen after midnight, so I kind of stay in the house mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes around midnight. But uh, I, I, back to Melvin, I'm I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. I don't know how significant our mayor is. Uh, I know there's a lot of pushback for Fry, and especially with the homeless encampments that are happening. And um, uh, I, I feel like Fry's an upstanding guy, but I don't know. It's hard. It's so hard for him to play so many different uh, realities. You know, I, we were at the MMIW march in Minneapolis last year with, and Mayor Fry uh, was booed out of there. And normally he would be able to come and say a speech to the community, and they booed him out of there. And so there's a lot of a lot of uh, things in Minneapolis that we don't have in St. Paul, and and um, or we have it in a smaller degree. So uh, it's kind of interesting that you ask about Mayor Carter because I, <laughs> I, I hear more about Fry than I do Carter. So that mm-hmm. ought to tell you something. I don't know if that's like being a good umpire. You know, you don't 
you know, um, see them because they're doing a good job or, or, you know what I mean? Well, and and, and that's a great way to put it, by the way. That's a fantastic, you know, the the guy you don't hear about generally is not necessarily creating waves. But I also will say that, and and, and it's good to see this. In my lifetime, I have seen certain areas of the city Turnover, not you know, and, and I'm not talking necessarily about gentrification or something like that, but just more investment, more community civic pride, you know, a, a better result. And I do feel as if a lot of the, the traditional high minority po- areas of the the city are getting better. It just it's hard because yeah, you don't want gentrification. You do not want businesses coming in and, and developers coming in and running people out of neighborhoods, which is something that's happened in a lot of places. But at the same time, you want to have that development and that investment. And it, it, it's an, it's an interesting way to do it because you want that, but you don't want to lose the character of the community. Yeah. And that, that's, I think that's a hard thing, but we just had a city council race here in St. Paul. And I just have to say, uh, what was it? Seven of the new uh, council members are all women, and six out of the seven are BIPOC. And the one that uh, oh, uh, that we elected in where I live, uh, she's an engineer. And so the, those are things that we're talking about, you know, with with uh, rent and, and gentrification and those things. Um, it's good to have maybe an expert engineer to come in and tell you, no, you don't need a seven-story building here. This is not where it needs to be. Or I just get uh, upset uh, personally about uh, uh, not taxing colleges. And we have a college here where I live uh, that wants a big skating arena in this uh, development. And it's like, well, they don't have to pay taxes on that. What the heck? Because they're a college, you know, and they're they're taking up prime real estate and and so those are the things that uh, that uh, upset me too, because you know we talk about high taxes, but we also talk about, um, or we don't talk about the colleges that are here, at least the private universities that uh, are making so much money that they could expand everywhere they wanted to, and and we need the city council and the gov- mayor to uh, to stop that kind of thing, and they have been, but hopefully they keep up with that because that's ridiculous. We need a tax base here. We need to fix our roads and, and things like that, and if we don't have the money, we're going to be taxing poor people that can't afford it with these uh, gas taxes and whatnot. Educate yourself by listening to the 5 o'clock hour on this radio station, Monday through Friday, Native Roots Radio, I'm Awake, Robert and crew. It is fantastic. And you will, I guarantee you, in one show, you're going to learn more about the Native American culture than you will learn from any traditional news outlet in this in this country in probably a month. So, you know, listen to it, you know, become educated and, and become an advocate yourself. I highly encourage that. Now, Robert... You yeah. and I share something else, a common love of our local baseball team, the Minnesota Twins. Yes. You, I, I'm going to, we're going to spend the rest of the time talk, just talking about the Twins because great season. Let, we can't deny the fact this was a fun season. We saw postseason baseball again. They got a win in the postseason. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it was fun to watch this team this year. Yeah, they beat Toronto two games to none and uh First time, what, what, I, the unbelievable number, I know, is an unreal number that we had not won a series in the playoffs. And, you know, 1991 was the last time we were in the World Series. And, geez, uh, I mean, <laughs> that was a long time ago. 
Uh, it it was it was nice to see that they got the win against Houston. They unfortunately that's where they ran into the wall. And you know, trust me, I don't think Texas versus Arizona was the World Series anyone was hoping for. But <laughs> that, that's what we got there. That yeah. being said, we have to look at the next year, and we are already kind of in. You know, this is this is hot stove stuff. Right. Uh, but uh, we're, our pitching staff, which was what really carried our team into right. the playoffs, has already got two huge holes in it. And Gray's gone to St. Louis and uh, and Kenta Maeda to Detroit. Well, I'd see uh, Peng leave, leaving too. Uh, there's a guy that finished 15 games, had a 2.99 ERA, and was in uh, 66 games with the Twins. That's that's uh, middle relievers. Uh, relievers are very important, especially how the Twins deal with their pitching staff. You know, uh, via six innings and you're out. So we need a seventh, eighth, and a closer. Uh, but. I I agree. What's interesting about about losing those guys is the innings that they ate up. Yeah, and because they didn't really, um, Maeda came back after Tommy John surgery, and he uh, he had an up and down year, and he was six and eight, and uh, his ERA was four point two three. But there was uh, definitely glimpses of his old self. So it's we're sorry to see him go, and. Uh, I think he's going to have a good year next year. Uh, it's Detroit. I will say, you brought up the, about chewing up innings. I think the Twins had the third highest amount of innings pitched by starters in the league, which is not – that is a fantastic stat. I mean, that is – if your starters are chewing up innings, then you're not getting into your bullpen. Your bullpen's fresher that when you need to call them in, they're doing better on that. Uh, do you think Thunderbird, um you know, I, there's you, you saw some nice glimpses from him in the la, in the last part of the season. Do you think he could step up and possibly become a starter? Well, isn't he the cat that's thrown uh, unbelievable? And when he came in relief, uh, he put, he was lights out. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he was only with us for 11 games and 12 innings, but, uh, you know, he had 19 strikeouts, which is uh, – uh, uh, really, where where you want him to be? Uh, that's going to be a wild card. He's twenty six years old, and you know he's been injured a lot too. Yeah, that's generally when you when you see this separation. When who's a starter, who's a reliever? It's generally the injuries are the the key. If you've got a pitcher who's been injured a lot, they generally kind of filter them in towards middle relief. But uh, one thing we don't have to worry about uh, is our closer. Duran is 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 he's a stud. I mean that guy's just, that guy throws. I mean he can't. If it's more than twenty four pitches, we're screwed. But if it's twenty four or less, he is the hardest pitcher to hit in baseball. He is uh, statistically too. I think he uh, is thrown somewhere in the top ten miles per hour of any pitcher. He's like one, two, three, four, and five. <laughs> he one hundred five miles an hour, and he's thrown the the fastest uh, recorded fastballs last year. Yeah, he just there's something in his arm that clicks that just gives him that little bit of extra friction. And if you think about it, go back to someone um, like Randy Johnson who went when he pitched with Arizona. You know, here he was this tall guy on top right. of the mound, and so kind of physics worked in his advantage. That's okay. not Duran. I mean, he's you know he's he's six five, but you know it just he doesn't pitch like that. He pitches. There's something else that guy figured out, and he that ball. That is, you know, everyone who watches him say, wow, that is, that's, you know, the, the hitters can't catch up to it, which is just phenomenal. Well, if you remember when Kansas City was winning, um, 
they had uh, four or five people that were bringing it 100 miles an hour, and I think uh, the major leagues took a look at that and said, we got to throw, we got to get our relievers in here throwing 100 miles an hour. And I don't know what changed. Was it physics or people that are able to throw 100 miles an hour? But I've never seen anything like this the last 10 years. Buxton, he wants to come back and play center field. I'm a little hesitant about this. Um, you have, uh, you've got a, a contingent of outfielders here that are not bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Nick Gordon's out there. Uh, uh, Kriloff is out there. Uh, Walner played well. Larnick played well. Kepler, eh. um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, your I'm thoughts not, there? I'm not down on Kepler at all. And I think when uh, the All Star Game came up and. The manager called them out, called everybody out, not up to their thing, and he was on fire. And if you look at his career stats, he's 30 years old, he hit 24 home runs, 66 RBIs. That's what he does every year, you know, and he batted 260. You know, his on-base percentage was 332, and I'm looking at the stats right here. That's the fourth uh, best on the team. And I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, as a guy who's 55, I'm not against age, but he's 30. Uh, you, you've got, you've got 25, 26, 26, 28, 26. That's the age of the other outfielders. And Buxton is 29. Do you think Buxton deserves to go back out in center? Play him if he's if he's not. Uh, you know, you, you can count on if he's going to be center field or even if he's DH, he's going to get hurt. He just plays. You know, we've seen this over over time where people injure themselves out of the out of the major leagues, but, but that's part of their game too. That's that's what makes them who they are. You know, Buxton uh, loves robbing a person as much as he does hitting a home run, and uh, that's his mentality. And he's going to run into a wall regardless, uh, and he's going <laughs> to pull a hamstring regardless if he's a DH or a center fielder. I don't like giving him the nickname Mr. Glass, but it is a fairly appropriate nickname for him. Here's what I want to do. Next year, you know how I have Broadcorp on to talk Vikings football. Yeah. Uh, we've got a much longer baseball season. How about once every two weeks, I give you 20 minutes on my show, you and I just talking twins throughout the entire season. Are you up for that? Yeah, definitely. We could probably do it a Monday or Tuesday after the weekend series or whatever and nice. maybe even go out to a game together and and uh you know, we probably could broadcast uh live from the the stadium too, uh before the before the game too. That'd be fun. Well it just I have to then I'll have to keep my swearing in check. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, they better play well or else it's it's what? salty language McNeil to the rescue. <laughs> no, but what's good about that is the game's not till seven. Well, so that's good, we're, right. we're off the air before they start uh, getting us irritated. But it, it's a fun experience, and you know, I had Dan Gladden on the show, and he's a lot of fun because he's one of the, uh, I believe, eight players that were both on the '87 team and the '91 team, yep. and that's a big trivia question. But uh, he is a class act, and I hope he comes back. They're not really saying if he's coming back. I know they have a big. Uh, turnover there on the on air where uh bremer is no longer on he's been kind of pushed out and uh now they have a different uh their their play-by-play on uh radio has gone to tv and and then they i hope gladden's back because i get a lot of insight i believe watching tv i think roy smalley's the best um and uh they could get rid of everybody else as color commentators on uh on the television end one last quick thing here, really quick. Minnesota Wild 
Learn yeah. from the Minnesota Twins on how to embrace the Native American population, as well as other groups of uh, that are, that need to get representation. The Minnesota Wild, I don't think, do nearly as well as the Twins. The Twins have been exceptional at grasping out to every member of the community, and and I appreciate yeah. that immensely with that team. That's one of the reasons I love that team quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, and they're a class act. Everything we've dealt with them, uh, with our store being there and being out there, and then also. Uh, broadcasting on Native American Night and uh, getting interviews. They've been nothing but a class act, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, uh, Thank you for being my friend. Thank you very much for all the kind words over this last year. Uh, Thank you very much for your spectacular show. And once again, Native Roots Radio, I'm awake, 5 o'clock hour. I'm the lead-in for it. Go listen to it. It is exceptional radio. Robert Pilot. Robert, um, as always, my pleasure. Thank you very much for the time. Hey, Peeny Gigi, and congratulations on being on in Illinois. That's a huge deal, and I know they'll love you out there. Oh, they don't want to hear me talk about the White Sox, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Bears, the Bears, be careful. <laughs> uh, Robert Pilot, let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.